John, <laughs> how's it hanging? It's pretty good. How was your Thanksgiving break, Benjamin? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, family. Uh, my brother is coming back from Australia, a study abroad. He's coming back on Friday. Yeah. I haven't seen him all semester. And like... I'm super excited for that. So kind of get like two family reunions. Thanksgiving Dude, it's going to be and amazing. Back. Yeah, also, that's nice. I still have leftover turkey that my mom gave me. That's so the that's best, great. Man. Dude, I ate leftovers for a solid three days, I think. It Probably was just, the best, other than family and football, maybe the best part of Thanksgiving is the leftovers. Yeah, not even the food when it's first cooked, just the leftovers. Everything at Thanksgiving can pretty much be eaten later. That's what I love about the food. Yeah, it's just designed that way. It's yeah. Like, the tender love mm-hmm. and affection just tastes so much better, too. <laughs> All right. You're not so, wrong. Uh, what's on the docket for today's show? Um, we're definitely going to talk some Hornets, uh, some Carolina Panthers uh, tied for the lead in the NFC South, men's and women's basketball for NC State, as well as football. We finished our regular season on Saturday. We're going to talk some volleyball, some wrestling, swimming and diving, rifle, mm-hmm. men's and women's soccer, cross country. We got a lot. I mean, we missed last week. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving break. But uh, we're happy to be back. We got a lot in store for you. Just a quick note, all of our fall sports at NC State qualified for postseason play for the first time ever. That is amazing. It's and because also, we started covering this, the show. Exactly. You no. know what? It motivated all the players and we're Cor- all Correlation beast. is not causation, but uh, I just In this think, case, it is. In the, okay. We're chess students. Oh. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> Uh, men's and women's cross country, men's and women's soccer, football, and volleyball all qualify for postseason. Play. That's unbelievable, honestly. It just it shows how great of an athletic program we have. Yeah, and, and Debbie, Debbie Yao, Yao yeah. yeah, Debbie Yao, great athletic director. Um, just about everything at our school athletically is trending upwards. I think. And I mean, even men's basketball, yeah, including the uh, you are... know the sports coverage on uh, WKNC with this new show. You know it. You know it. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna start off today keeping y'all. Um, Catching y'all up with uh, women's soccer. So as we mentioned, women's soccer did get into the postseason play. They got in the NCAA tournament. They won their first game. But the second game, they had a rematch with Clemson, who they lost to earlier in the year. Princeton. Princeton. One of them. (laughs) It was a ton at the end. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Rematch with Princeton. We lost it earlier in the year. It was our first loss of the season, actually, because we were undefeated. But we played Princeton in the tournament again. Yeah, so Princeton accounts for a third of our losses on the year. We finish... uh, 15-5-2, 15-5-2, and two, and by a third, I mean two of five, so 40%. But uh, we were tied 1-1 one to one through double overtime, um, yep. lost 5-4 to four on penalty kicks. Uh, Ziara King scored to tie in the 82nd minute to respond to Princeton's goal in the second half. And, I mean, this is a very close game. Losing in penalty kicks is always tough. And, I mean, 5-4, that's about as close as it can get. Yeah, comes it is down really to close. Very so that's kick. where the season comes to the close. But the game is pretty even. Uh, Coach Santoro had, had a couple thoughts on the evenness of the game. Yeah, he said it was an even game. And I quote, uh, they had chances to score and we did too. That game could have gone either way. There are obviously some moments that we wish we'd like to have back. But I can think of a couple that they probably, probably wish they had back as well. It was an even game. Yeah, and so, so yeah, it comes to a close to the, sadly, a little early to the women's season but it was a really successful year last year got to the sweet 16 for the first time in a really long time the program yeah uh, it's i think this is santoro's second year with the program yeah so he's, the, he's two for two on making yeah. the tournament so far and the men's side that's the uh the rookie coach so congratulations on the women's women's pack you know making it to the second round of the tournament second straight year gonna finish year ranked in the top 25 in the final rankings second straight year had a great record we lost in the acc semifinals in the tournament to eventual ACC champion uh, UNC, who I think also is one of our regular season losses. Another Interestingly one- enough, if we had beaten Princeton, who Princeton also uh, beat UNC the very next round, so we Sixth would have had a yeah. rematch with North Carolina in the Sweet 16. So I think that would have been a really good match. Uh, Princeton beat them one nothing, but, you know, still a successful season, regardless yeah, of what you season. say. Yeah. And uh, really and, breakout year for Ziara King, who absolutely so good. dominated at striker this this year. It's, and mm-hmm. also, a side note, as uh, we uh, close our coverage of the women's soccer, we did add an Ohio State transfer, uh, Courtney Walker. She's a good player. She d- did not play for Ohio State, so same as Braxton Beverly, almost. <laughs> but she, I think, redshirted her freshman year and then decided to transfer to state. So she's going to be coming to state with uh, four years of eligibility. Cool. That's awesome. So, good to hear. Moving on to the men's soccer, who also made it to the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid, but a little bit like it was, they're a little more of a bubble team, and they were playing a ranked 
Old Dominion, who they had also yeah. lost to earlier in the year. Yeah, Old Dominion ranked number 25 in the country. Uh, we lost to them 2 to nothing. They scored in both halves. It really was just a pretty dominant game for them. I mean, NC State still had a very successful season, uh, making the tournament for the first time since 2009. Yep, still haven't um, got that win since 95, but it's going to happen next year. I think year. it's going to happen, honestly, yeah. If not next year, maybe um, just maybe in the future. Our program's trending upwards. We got a lot of good freshmen, um, Manny Perez for one. Yeah. Um, but, and, I mean, yeah, we didn't really have – I mean, we had a chance to win, but in a very real sense, we didn't really have a chance to win. Yeah, Old so, Dominion, very good team. Yeah, they were a ranked team, so we came up short in the tournament. But, hey, we made a tournament for the first time since 2009. That's a successful season under rookie head coach Greg Kiffer. Well, he's not a rookie in the tournament because he made it 10 straight years, I think, Southern Florida, his job before coming here. He's a rookie at NC State. Yeah, so right. first-year head coach, hired, yeah. great hired by Debbie Yao, as the men's and women's soccer team had great seasons. Yeah, and, I mean, just competing in the ACC, <sighs> getting to the NCAA, NCAA tournament, or as they call it, the national championship. Which doesn't make sense. But. It's interesting. Yeah, like every single game is part of the national championship. But, I mean, fair enough. But still, making the tournament, uh, coming out of the ACC, a great accomplishment. We can only go, I mean, we may not go up in the ACC, but we can go up in the national standings yeah, just, from here. Yeah, pick up that NCAA tournament win. So, yep. congratulations to the men's and women's soccer programs. They had great seasons. We had a great time covering them this year. That was really really exciting to watch and follow. And yeah, very exciting seasons. They're probably going to get recognized at some of the basketball games later. So make sure. Because I imagine. I did did see the women's soccer team. I think they were. um, At the VMI game. At the VMI game. Yeah, they were honored at halftime. Or was it just a. I think it was just a timeout break. Just a timeout. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. they, they always have like a team in the game or something like that. Yeah, yeah so that's going to be good. Make sure to stand mm-hmm. up and cheer for the pack. Absolutely. So moving on to other teams with uh, postseason bids, cross-country, men's and women's. They had the uh, national championships um, earlier while we were gone for Thanksgiving break. So what happened there? Uh, we were actually just one of nine programs in the country to have both our men's and women's teams finish inside the top 20 at the national championships. Um, the pack women... Finished eighth with 280 points. Isn't, uh, that's their second consecutive top 10 finish yes, in it the is. country. Yes. Uh, I believe we were ranked fifth in the country going into that meet. Yeah. Which, I mean, go down a little bit, but still a top 10 finish yep. in the country. That's very impressive. Uh, the men's side finished 17th. That's the program's highest finish since 2011. So doing good things as a program, but individually also doing really good things. The uh, top finisher for the pack was sophomore Ellie Haynes. And she placed 32nd which in the 6K, which earned her an All-American honor. Yeah, uh, she finished with a time of 20.07.62, um, almost breaking 20 minutes. Um, that's She finished 159th a year ago. So wow. she moved up, if I do my math correctly, that is 127 spots at the national championship. That's unbelievable. That is really, yeah. really good. And she's and, just a sophomore, so she's yeah. going to be back better Fun than ever. Fun fact, her mother is actually an assistant coach on the team, and oh, her, her mom parents... mom is the coach. Oh, she, oh, she is the head coach. Her mom is the coach, and she was just named the uh, the coach of the year in That's, the, the region and yeah, for the her second parents, consecutive year. Her parents met on the NC State cross-country team yep. in the past, so a little bit of uh, cross-country dynasty or legacy, if you will. Her dad, Bob, was a three-time... Cross country All American wow. in uh, I think eighty eight through ninety, and the, her mom was an All American in nineteen ninety and ninety one. So they met on the cross country team. I'm assuming, and that's, that's very cool, guys. We need get that movie in production right now. <laughs> I think that would be a very interesting movie. Also notable, Beth Tay finished fifty fourth uh, at her first career nationals appearance. Uh, sophomore, she finished with a time of twenty twenty two point two three. So another good time uh, for an NC State runner. Uh, Dominique Clermonti mm-hmm. finished 58th right behind Beth Tay. Uh, she finished in 2023.62. So she uh, finished top five in ACC and Southeast Regional performances in her first year competing. That is really, really good. So we mentioned briefly that um, uh, Coach Lori Haynes was named the Southwest Southeast Region Women's Cross Country Coach of the Year, Ellie Haynes's mom, and yeah. the award is actually uh, known as the Raleigh Geiger Award, and it's named in honor of the NC State head coach that's in his 39th season with the cross country program, and he's currently 
the men's head coach on the cross country. Yeah, he's basically the Coach K of cross country. That is really 39 amazing. years. Wow. That's unreal. So shout-outs to yep. the cross-country program finishing nationally in the top 20 in both programs and only one of nine teams, nine schools in the country to do that. That was fantastic. So the season's over for cross-country. We enjoy covering it here. So, again, one of those fall sports that made the tournament. Yes. Postseason yeah. play. Very successful, uh, both our men and women's, uh, particularly our women, though. They finished top 10. Just an unreal performance, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're... Obviously, like sophomores and freshmen were our top finishers. Our program just going up from here. It's only going to get better. And so mm-hmm. that's the fall sports that are coming to almost all the fall sports that are coming to a close. You know about football. We'll talk about volleyball a little later. Right mm-hmm. now, we're going to transition to rifle. They're a year-round sport. Uh, they had they're 13 in the country, and they had a match against. Um, North Georgia yeah. is also a ranked team. Yeah, number 20 in the country. Uh, we defeated them 4,650 to 4,575, and that was on senior day. It was pretty close. Uh, the Wolfpack, we have two seniors, Duria Picari and Lauren Phillips. Uh, they were recognized following the match. So, so everyone else on the team is not seniors, so we have a good rifle program, and they're going to be back next year. No doubt. No doubt. So moving on. Swimming and diving. I think I think men's swimming. This is. I mean, I'm a. I was a swimmer, so I'm pretty biased. But I think men's swimming is our best chance to win a national championship this year. They finished uh, top five nationally last two years, right? Yes, and we're ranked number five this year, Mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't really lose that many swimmers from last year. We beat number one Texas. Uh, I just I really like where our meet is go. I mean, our team is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of meat, we had a meet on for, at the Ohio State Invitational earlier. Yeah, that was a big meet with a lot of teams. Our men finished first overall, and our nice. women finished second. So um, we, our men in the 400 freestyle relay got an A national championship cut, which basically means they don't have to go to prelims. Wow. Okay, so that's like— so prelims is kind of like those semifinals. It's more like a qualifying round. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, so like if you have to qualify for the U.S. Open by going in other tournaments, that's what a B cut would be. Okay. An A cut means, oh, you won the you won the major last year, so you're automatically getting a bid. Breaking it down in layman's terms for Yeah, me. layman's terms, golf terms. But uh, our men's 400 freestyle finished with a championship-level time. Justin Ress, Ryan Held, Jacob Molasek, and Andreas Vizios. Interestingly enough, Ryan Held, Justin Rest, and Jacob Molasek finished first, second, and third, respectively. Wow. In the 100 freestyle. It's a perfect sweep. Um, obviously, helped us win this meet. But I'd say that uh, NC State won that uh, race. Yeah, I'd say so. We got some real freestylers on our men's team. I mean, obviously, Ryan Held won the gold backstroke, battle. Justin Rest, backstroke is his main stroke. Yes. Justin Rest is uh, definitely a two stroke swimmer. He can. Uh, a lot like Phelps, who did Butterfly and the IM, and I mean, I'm not saying Justin Ress is the next Michael Phelps, but he's, well, very, he's a very dominant swimmer, especially in the backstroke and now, as we're seeing, in the freestyle. Um, also noteworthy, Andreas Vizios won the 200 fly. He went 141.07. Anton Ibsen finished the mile, the 1650, with the fastest time in the nation this year. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So, 16, wait. He swam a mile. Uh, 1,650 yards, because okay. it's in yards. When it's in meters, it's 1,500 meters is a mile. And he swam it in 16 minutes. No, 14.39.05. Wow. Averaging uh, around 50 seconds 100, I believe. Maybe a little lower. Yeah, but it takes about that long to walk a or mile. Or a little higher. At a brisk pace. <laughs> and exactly. And swam a mile at that pace. Exactly. Wow. These... That just putting into perspective how fast Anton Ibsen swam it, as well as Hannah Moore, who also won the 1650 freestyle on the women's side with a 1554.42. That is close to 16 minutes. Again, that's one mile in around 16 minutes, and that's rounding up. <laughs> My goodness. Well, yeah. the swimming, in case you haven't been able to pick up, I am getting over a cold currently, so that is why John is doing a good amount of the talking. It's okay, Benjamin. Yeah, I mean. I'm a trooper. I'm pushing through, guys. It's warm outside, and the sky is clear, and you have a cold, so. Yay. Yeah, poor you. I'm getting over it. Your life is terrible. It's just my voice is just a little off. Yeah. You're good, man. You're good. You sound fine. Oh, I (laughs) I sound amazing, John. 
I'm the best. <laughs> so is that is that all we have for swimming? Uh, not necessarily. Braden Holloway, head coach um, of our swim teams, gets an extension. Uh, obviously, because we've been competing at the national yeah, championships. Yeah, Debbie Yao said he's. Uh, she thinks he's the best swim coach in the country. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. He's one of the best recruiters. Uh, he recruits great within the state, internationally, and throughout the rest of the United of the United States. I just think that's that's really the main thing that you have to have as a swim coach. Yeah, um, basically recruiting every, and conditioning. He has, like you said, Justin Rest is a two-stroke swimmer. There's other swimmers that swim multiple strokes, but for college swimming, you just have to be good at one stroke to 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 be on the team. And he's getting people that are really good at multiple strokes, so right. he's doing a great well, job. You got yeah, you got your distance swimmers like Anton Ibsen and Hannah Moore, and then you got your like freestyle backstrokers, Justin Rest, Kylie Perry, swimmers like that. Doing a great job of recruiting. Yeah, I think Braden Holloway has a great extension, great signing. Also, like, I don't talk to him, but I see him on a regular basis just lifeguarding at the pool, and mm-hmm. he's he is a great guy. He's always really fun. He's always dancing. Like, yeah. They always play music during swim practice, and he's dancing. He's a like all the swimmers, like, just I mean, adore he fits him. NC State. You know, that's the kind of coaches that we have. It's the kind of culture we have, you know? Yeah, he's he Southern hospitality, even in our sports coaches. Yep, and so that's what we have for swimming, and good luck to the swimming later in the year when the postseason play runs around. There comes around. There's no doubt that we're going to be involved in that. Oh, absolutely. So moving on, wrestling. Yeah, the Wolfpack went three and zero in uh, Wolfpack duels. We defeated UNC Pembroke, Utah Valley, and Reinhardt. Uh, we only dropped six points throughout the entire match, so we had two shutouts. Dropped six points against Utah Valley, still beat them thirty-four to six. Which, uh, when you match up about say like ten, twelve, maybe fifteen wrestlers having them match up, that means that you um, won a you won a lot of the matches like three-zero or you know like three-one or stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's I mean it's pretty dominant. It's it's what's expected. We're number seven in the country. Yeah, so we're and moving up on the rankings. We haven't wrestling. even started ACC play. Well, yet. we moved up. We were number seven. Now we've moved up. We're number six in the country. So right. it's the second straight week we've moved up a spot. Right, because we, we claimed nine titles at the Wolfpack um, Invitational, or the Wolfpack Open, excuse me. Um, and that's a home competition that was hosted in Carmichael Gym. Uh, Nick Renan, he claimed top honors at 184 pounds with a perfect 5-0 and record. He was our nice. only wrestler to not, uh, to not drop a single match during the whole... Um, the whole competition. So he's going to be moving up in the national rankings yes. as well. Yes, I believe he's number seven. So yes, Pack is yes. really good. Surprise, surprise! At those other sports, those other non-revenue sports. But speaking of other non-revenue sports, volleyball is—they've already left. The team's already left state. They're headed to Texas for their match versus Oregon State in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um. It's the first time since 2009, 2012. I believe. 2012. I'm sorry. 2009 was men's soccer. Mm-hmm. 2012 that we've gotten a bid to the NCAA tournament, which it was an at-large bid because we didn't win the, AC, yeah. the ACC tournament. Uh, we uh, lost to Notre Dame and I don't Duke. think there is an ACC tournament You're in right. volleyball. I'm not but sure But we didn't why, win the ACC yeah. is what I yeah. meant to say. We UNC closed out the season with two losses to um, Notre Dame and a five-set loss to Duke, and then we beat... Wake, Wake Forest, Forest 3-1. 3-1, right. So yeah. we finished with 20 wins, which is a, a program record. And uh, I think 15 wins in the ACC as well. 15-5 and five in the ACC, that's 750 on your win percentage. That's unreal. Uh, Smash is the program record for wins, which I believe was 12 before this. Are you so, serious? Yes. It was wow. either 12 or 13. Um, we have five players on all ACC teams. Uh, yes. Julia Brown, Kylie Pickerel made the first team. Bree Bailey and Caitlin Kearney were on the second team, and Melissa Evans was on the all-ACC freshman team. Now, we haven't talked about Pickerel a lot because she's the setter, and so she doesn't get a lot of stats. Exactly, yeah. Um, they count digs and saves for them, but in the, in the box score, usually the kills show up the most. So um, they get all the glory. That's why we haven't really mentioned yeah. all the players yet. She's setting but... up the offense, and you know she leads the league, in, they leads the ACC in total assists at 1,210, and she ranks among the top 40 nationally. That's unreal, honestly, yeah. And I, I believe uh, Kylie Pickerel, I think she was a transfer, I'm not sure from where, 
but I remember she mm-hmm. was not eligible last season. But uh, I think it was Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah, this is her first season with the pack. Obviously, she's making an impact, um, getting on the the first team All ACC. Yeah, and on one of the best Brown. teams All ACC. Brown, this is her second straight year on the first team All ACC. Yeah, Julia Brown having a great senior year. Honestly, I remember I watched her last year, and I've watched her this year. She's just been dominant for. Basically, any time that I've seen the Wolfpack play, and she's in the first NC State player to do that since she's the 1987 and 88. Yeah. She's the heart and soul of that team. If you really watch, everybody uh, looks up to her, looks to her for advice. She brings the fire. She's like our Abu, if in terms of men's basketball, Except a lot like, like probably our, more points, more of a scorer than Abu is. Yes, but I mean, in terms of being the heart and soul of the team. Oh yeah, I got. It's you. like Abu this year, like uh, like a BJ Anya in previous years. You know, good old BJ. On good old BJ, man. I saw him at um, the VMI game the other day, and he's bigger, man. He's uh, so big. He's just a giant. Doesn't surprise me. I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to Julia <laughs> Brown. She led the conference with 443 kills this year, which adds to her, you know, uh, tally of over a thousand kills for the Wolfpack in her history, and that's also a notable number. NC State also had a sec the most total kills. In the conference as well. That's unreal. Yeah, so the um, offense was humming for the yeah. pack. Once again, uh, playing Oregon State at 5.30 on Friday. First round of the NCAA tournament. The winner of that game plays the winner of Texas and Fairfield. And that that game will be played Sunday at 8, meaning the winner versus the winner of NC State, Oregon State. So we're you can keep track of that on gopack.com. That's where we get a lot of our Hopefully it'll be on ACC Network Extra. I'm oh, not yeah. sure. As, as well as but. following uh, Pack Volleyball on Twitter, as as uh, as we actually follow on Twitter. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Pack is Life NCSU. That's a good plug, Benjamin. <laughs> I never miss an opportunity for a good plug. So we talked about the non-revenue sports, the non-traditional sports. Now we're going to move on to those American sports, basketball and football. Football. First, <laughs> we beat... UNC, which yeah. is Ugh. mostly Ugly good, game. right? Almost always good, yeah, right? Good. Right? I wanted to beat them 42 to nothing, but I mean... We can't have all, everything. With all the injuries that Carolina's had, I was surprised. We were losing at the half, 14 to 12, in case you didn't watch. I did, yeah. Uh, missed an extra point, uh, went for two once, didn't get it, and then I think we just kicked three extra points in the second half. Yeah, then, so... Yeah. Final score, 33-21. Uh, obviously, we were the better team. We just... Really didn't play like it in the first half. Yeah. Finley uh, had a good game running the ball, not a good game throwing the ball. He's Cam Newton, man. Two rushing touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, except he doesn't have a thumb injury like Cam Newton does. But, yeah, honestly, um, I don't know why no one talked about that before the he's game. He's wearing but, two gloves in practice. Yeah, but we'll, we can talk about that when we yeah. talk about the Panthers. So NC State, we beat UNC. We're 8-4. and four. We know where we're going to – there's no more games except for a bowl game. We can talk a little bit about – Bowls that NC State might go into, as well as yeah. college football playoff. So, college football playoff. Yeah. We know that Clemson or Miami is getting in. Yeah, I think there's an automatic ACC bid from whoever wins that yeah, game. Yeah, because they're both one loss. Exactly. going to be a one-loss ACC champion. In the they're best in. conference. Yes. yes. Best conference, of course. Yeah. Even though Miami just lost to a four-win Pittsburgh team, they'd still get in. Well, Pittsburgh beat Clemson last year, and they won the national championship. Oh, true. Valid so, point. I think that's what's going to happen. So, for sure, a one-loss ACC champion gets in. We have a playoff between... Well, interestingly, if Wisconsin wins, they'd be undefeated Big Ten champion. They would get in. Absolutely, yeah. You can't win the bit. You can't go undefeated unless you're Central Florida. Hint, at the the college football like selection board, I think Central Florida should be in this playoff. They haven't lost a game. This is just a side note. They haven't lost a game... What more can they do, you know? I mean, I guess they can play a more difficult non-conference schedule. Yeah, but they don't get to decide that non-conference schedule. I think that when the playoff committee does this, they want to provide incentive to schedule harder games. Even if you can't help it, they're like, we're not going to give it to you because then in the future, teams will schedule easy schedules to go undefeated. That's really sad to me because what you're basically saying is you you can eliminate teams at the start of the season by looking at their schedule. That it does not matter what they do, not they cannot be the because if all of a sudden there was a whole bunch of what what is UCF in the Conference USA? Uh, yeah, they're in Conference USA. Exactly. That's why. So what? So what? I do you think they're better than Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson? I haven't seen Alabama beat a good team this year. So do you think there's a they chance put, they put LSU and Mississippi State in the top twenty-five this week 
just so they can have reason to put them in the playoff next in next week. Oh, so they weren't in the okay. I I'm all for Alabama conspiracies because I don't like Alabama. Yeah, is there a chance that with one loss? And no SEC championship bid that Alabama gets left out of this playoff. Oh, there's absolutely a chance. Even though they were undefeated until the last game of the year. Absolutely. Even though they haven't beaten a top 10 team, they've only beaten two top 25 teams, and that's a four-loss Mississippi State team and a four-loss LSU team. Teams that got destroyed by Auburn. So you would take, also destroyed Alabama. So that Auburn and Georgia are playing the SEC championship. And that's so an the, automatic bid. The winner of that game gets in. Yes, absolutely. Even if, even if Auburn has two losses. Yes, so you can go ahead and chalk up two spots for the ACC champion and the SEC champion. Those two are, are basically going to be essentially automatic bids. If TCU beats Oklahoma, is TCU in? Absolutely not. So TCU is not a playoff team? No, a two-loss TCU team is not going to get in over a one-loss Alabama team or a two-loss Ohio State team. Does a two-loss Ohio State team get in? Can I they think, get in? Yes, they absolutely can. They're going to need Auburn to win because Auburn has two losses. Uh-huh. They're going to need... Um, actually, no, I, I take that back. They're going to need Georgia to win. Because yeah, Auburn will have three, they'll be eliminated. Yes. They're going to need Georgia to win. They're going to need um, Oklahoma to lose. And they're going to need Ohio... Well, obviously, they're going to need to beat Wisconsin. Yeah. And I think they're going to need uh, Clemson to win to get an over a two-loss Miami team. And I can see them putting them in the playoff simply because mm-hmm. they're Ohio State and it's going to bring the most money in. Yeah, and that's... I'm all for these conspiracies. The dream scenario... For the college football playoff, in terms of money, is Alabama, Ohio State, Ohio State you got that right, Oklahoma, uh-huh. and Clemson. I would say Miami over Clemson, because I think Miami garners more national I think, talk than uh, Clemson does. I think it's a toss-up there. I mean, it could go either way. Traditionally, Miami's the name. Traditionally, yes, but recently, Clemson has been the powerhouse school. Mm. But I, think, I mean, I think it's a toss-up there, but I think we could agree, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, the three big reds, is the dream scenario. Throw in throw in Southern California. Yeah. That's the dream if scenario. If they could make it in the, the beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but um I honestly really think that um I really think Alabama doesn't get in. I, I certainly hope you're right. They're trying to justify it already. I see it on all the ESPN Twitter pages, the ESPN stats and info. Oh well, a team has never been outside the top five in the last rankings and like made it I mean Alabama's fifth. But I just I would love it's for somebody how to tell that, me because there's only been like two or three college Tell me why playoffs. Alabama should be in the playoff. Because they're Alabama. That's all I have. Exactly. For you. And I don't even like Exactly. Alabama. We agree. Exactly. The only reason I'd that they so would get in is because snubbed. of reputation. What is, yes. what is Saban? 0 and 7 versus uh, Auburn teams with winning records or yeah, something? Yeah, War Eagle, baby. Auburn dominates Alabama when they have a good team. When they have a good, <laughs> when team. They have a good team. Alabama's good every they year. They dominated them this year. They dominated them with the... Okay, they didn't dominate, but they had the kick six in uh, 2013, and they dominated them with that Iron Bowl comeback with Cam Newton. Auburn owns Nick Saban, whether he's at LSU, at Alabama. I think we're seeing the turn. No, I'm just I'm just being hopeful. Alabama <laughs> will always be good as Nick Saban is there. Yeah, that's but, true. So but, that's a- what were you going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to wrap it up, but you, if you have a last thought about it. I think I'm going to go ahead and list my final four. All I right. think it's going to be... And I'll mock you for it. I okay. won't have the stones to list my own final four. I think four. we got Miami beating Clemson. Okay. I think I, we I, got Auburn beating Georgia. Okay. And I then, disagree about the Clemson one. I think we got Oklahoma. I can agree with that. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. And Wisconsin. I would like to see Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Clemson, and uh, Georgia. I'm going to assume Oklahoma see. wins... Either Wisconsin wins and gets in, or they lose and Alabama does. I yeah, that yeah. probably makes sense. Yeah. I can't but imagine. I, I, I see Wisconsin beating Ohio State. JT Barrett might not even be able to play. Oh yeah, the cameraman. Of course, man. we know the story with backup quarterbacks behind JT Barrett and Alabama. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Wrap it up though. I rambled a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. No, this is this. We're gonna talk football. Sports That's what talk we show. Yeah. But speaking of football. The football season came come to a close for the NC State. So, what are some bowl games that we are looking at maybe getting into? Um, well, there's a lot of different teams that we could play. Uh, the Sun Bowl, Tax Slayer Bowl, New Era Pinstripe Bowl, just to name a few. I'm going to name some of our potential like um, okay. opponents. Arizona from the Pac-12. They, I don't, I haven't heard anything about them. That would probably be a game we'd be favored in. They're not good. So they'd be like a six and sixteen. They have a cupcake schedule. They, I think they went seven and five. Uh, we could play LSU. 
I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. That'd be a good game. I honestly think we match up well with them. Uh, we could play Iowa, who beat the crap out of Ohio State. Good lord. Um, could play Oklahoma State, very mm-hmm. underrated team. Could play Missouri, Purdue, Washington State, a very underrated team. And I just want to see us play an SEC team and like just spank them. I'd love to see. I'd love to play Oklahoma State. I think that'd be really high scoring. I I'm I would root for LSU of these projections that okay. we have. Yeah, yeah. I would so love LSU, to see LSU that would most likely be the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida, and that would be December thirtieth. But as of right now, it's all projection. Um. We'll definitely know more. Like the, it'll be finalized after oh, this absolutely. week. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Just to name some awards for our um, for our football players this year: Bradley Chubb won Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC. No way! What? <laughs> yeah. What a surprise! The best defensive player wins Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, our first honor as a program since 2000. That was Lavar Fisher. So Mario Williams did not win. ACC Mario Williams defensive did not win ACC Defensive Player of the Year. You got that right. So now we know who the real number nine is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Trump real number nine. Number nine. Now. I think they should uh, retire that number under both of them. Honestly. Well, they probably will. They probably will. I think that. Yeah. I think they will. I think they'll just have two names listed next to it, which would be pretty cool, honestly. But um, aside from Bradley Chubb, um, Chubb made first team. Uh, I just said aside from Bradley Chubb, Chubb made first team All ACC, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, Naeem Hines made first team All ACC as a running back, third team as a returner. And Jalen Samuels, what did he do? On uh, the what what, what position did they put him in? And as a, did they put him as a tight end? They said all purpose player. They he made first team All ACC. He they basically invented a new position for Mister Do It All, Mister Pocket Knife. Uh, Mr. I mean Swiss Army Knife Jalen Samuel, um, who so they just invented a new position now. Invented, for all I mean, ACC. it's been around since the '30s, but they invented it on the team. First team All ACC. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, 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 the, yeah. He yeah is you're right. The inaugural first <laughs> All ACC All Purpose player. Uh, he had 15 touchdowns this season in wow. 12 games. That's that's, that's more r- than a touchdown. That's a game. ridiculous. That's like Jordy Nelson last year. Um. 11 rushing touchdowns, four receiving, uh, sixth in the ACC in receptions per game, 22nd in the NCAA, the second highest non-wide receiver in total catches nationally. Wow. So Jay Sam was killing it. Hines led the ACC in uh, yards per carry at 5.9. So he was averaging six yards a pop. He had a 1,000-yard rushing season, even though he missed three games. So hopefully he's going to be back. Hopefully. Hopefully. If we get Finley and Hines back, like we're going to have a good football team next no year. No doubt. Uh, but they might both be gone depending on what they uh, hear from NFL scouts. Mm-hmm. Also noteworthy, Tony Adams, second team All-ACC. Will Richardson, also second team. Tyler Jones, first team. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, um, honorable mention, ACC. And our offensive line allowed 12 sacks this whole season. In over 12, 12 games. games. An average of one per game. That's... They only unreal allowed four numbers. sacks in eight, eight eight conference games. That's unreal to me. Considering we played, Just got better as number we kept going. One, Clemson, number one. Yeah, now and, number one, Clemson. Clemson's number one team in the country right now. Oh yeah, but at the time, I think they were number three. Where are they now? Number one. You're right. All right. South Carolina <laughs> was a really turned out to be a good football team. I mean, they're ranked. They got destroyed by Clemson this weekend. But, yeah, but just about yeah. everyone did except for us because you know the refs took it from us. But uh, <laughs> anyway. No, that's not true. But South Carolina, the only bad loss was to Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is a bowl team who then lost to Duke because now Duke's going bowling. Did yeah. you see the uh, ACC best conference? I'm telling you the the celebration by the Duke players. I did not actually. They, what was uh, that? One player rolled a helmet and like knocked down all the other. Oh, I love that. It, it was great. Go I love bowling. that. I love. Well, if, you know, if you can get a decent pun in there, I'm I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kelvin Harmon, he finished the regular season with six 100-yard games. This dude's going to be a star, whether he goes pro this year or not. Um, third in the ACC with 82 receiving yards per game. He was named to the second team All-ACC. I'll tell you who's going to... He's going to be good in the NFL because he has that Des Bryant like catch radius. Like When you throw it up there, back shoulder, he is going to come down. I'm talking about prime. Prime of his career, Des Bryant. Okay. That's the type of player. I think you mean like he's gonna. He doesn't have a body like Des Bryant, but he's gonna go get it like Des Bryant. Yeah, he's that type of I get receiver. That. I get that. I'll tell you who's gonna be really or like really... you can say Devin Funches now because he mirrors Des Bryant in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you who's gonna be really really good for us at receiver is Emeka Omizi, true freshman. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the year, like almost almost won the game for us at Wake Forest, but 
that guy was looking really, really good. Riley played a lot as a freshman. He's going to be good. So on offense, at least, we're going to be really, really good next year. This year, we had eight seniors starting on defense. So hopefully, hopefully, Doran's recruited well, and we'll know more about it next year. But hopefully, we'll still be set to go. I think, though, yep. looking back on the season, eight wins, three losses to good teams, and only one game that we should have won that we didn't. So, I yeah. Mean, if you had set, told me at the beginning of the season we'd go eight and four with a resume like this and maybe get a bowl game versus LSU and you know towards a prime bowl game, like I would have, I would have been fine with that. I think overall it was a successful season. Just state fans are being a little bit disappointed because we were six and one and possibly in playoff conversations. Exactly. Yeah, state fans just get their hopes too high a little bit sometimes. Um, but yeah, great season overall. Let's yeah. move on to men's basketball because we got like seventeen minutes left on the show. Oh, that's true. We have yeah. been gabbing on. So we had that tournament. Over in the Bahamas, we uh, speaking of inst- expectations getting really high, <laughs> we beat the number two team in the country, Arizona. Well, then number two, then number two team in the country, Arizona, which is uh, what's laughable is that uh, Archie Miller. I mean, no, Sean Miller, not Archie Miller. It's Archie uh, Miller's at Dayton. Archie Miller's brother. Archie Miller's at Dayton. Yeah, uh, or Indiana now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. He was at Dayton. He's at Indiana now. Who plays Duke tonight? Uh, but uh, Sean Miller. Turned down the NC State job, and then lost to NC State because apparently he uh, there's rumors that he wants to replace Roy Williams at UNC one day, which is funny because he can't beat State with Arizona, then he's not going to beat State with UNC. UNC will never beat us again, John. No, never again. But um, so it was a good game. Arizona and then lost twice. So Arizona. So Arizona's out of the top twenty-five now. So that win in retrospect does not look as good. Yep. But we played really well. Al Freeman, 24 points. Yurtsevin had a double-double. Braxton Beverly, breakout game, he had 20 points. Yeah, that was that was, that was was really fun. Yeah. He kind of took the spot of LeVar Bats, who A little bit, yeah. His playing time seen, has gone way down. Yeah, it's gone way down. I think we'll see him a lot more in conference games where we're going to be pressing the whole game. Yeah. I just think in a tournament like this, you can you can deal with only seven players playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, Beverly had missed the first few games. I think Keats is maybe trying to get him caught up as far as playing time on the court, yeah, he actually, experience with his with He his actually teammates. started against Tennessee yeah, over Sam we, Hunt. We did lose that game. Had over 20 turnovers. I saw portions of that game. That was not pretty. We didn't move the ball very well on offense. We played... No. Good defense, and I'm I'm still I'm still like pleasantly surprised by your seven's defense. He's turning into a seven footer that protects the rim. He's not. Yeah. Gonna, he's not. You know. Uh, Again, I say I think Yurtsevin gets such a bad rap from state fans. He's just not just... as aggressive as everyone wants him to be. Yeah, and so we lost to Tennessee over twenty turnovers. That was that was not ideal. But tonight we're playing Penn State ACC Big Ten Challenge. In PNC Arena. The good old Nittany Lions. And I'm going to be there. I'm being there. Yeah. Wait, wait. You're going to the game? Yeah, we're going together. Yeah, we should go together, man. <laughs> Save gas, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, ACC Big Ten Challenge, one of the best traditions ever, of course, during uh, the legendary coach Jimmy V Week. Um, support his foundation if you can. Not encouraging mm-hmm. you to give money or anything like that, but Jim, Jim Valvano, you know. Great. The greatest. The icon, man. I mean, not the greatest coach, but he's the greatest He'd be up there with Krzyzewski if If he was... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, his career was ruined by a a scandal that shouldn't have been a scandal. Yeah, I think... Yeah, we've talked about that before. Selling the shoes, yeah. But but, in more immediate immediate concerns, so (laughs) what's a little something about Penn State? What's what's Penn State coming into the game tonight with? Well, well, they're 6-1 with only one loss on the season. Uh, They haven't started conference play yet, as, like, nobody has, but... um, it will be a challenge, but pun intended, ACC Big Ten uh, Challenge. You I came up it. with that one before. I'm going to give I you credit. It. They're very close to us in uh, turnover differential. Pun. Why would you give me credit for a terrible pun? That was Because it fits you more. Oh, wow. Um, Thank they're you. very close to us in turnover differential and turnover forcing. So um, they press not as much as us, but we will see some press tonight from Penn State. Uh, it's on ESPNU. Should be a good game. Good thing about the press is we're not our players aren't used to it. So the more we do it in games, the better we're going to get at it. And yes. I think now we're playing non-conference team like lower teams that have smaller, faster teams. When we get an ACC play and we're playing bigger teams with more big men and less guards, I think the press will probably be even more effective. Honestly, I think you're right, especially against a team like um, like Duke. 
who number we're going we're gonna to struggle. Yeah, number one Duke, extremely dominant Duke. Uh, we're going to obviously struggle against Duke, and if we beat them, it would be a miracle. I'm not going to put that any lightly. Didn't we it would be an number, absolute miracle. Duke uh, a few years ago at PNC with 2011. BJ Anya. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember. No, I don't think it was BJ Anya. I think it was. Was um, it Richard Howell? CJ Leslie, the, Richard yeah. Howell. Yeah. All that crew. Uh, Lorenzo Brown. The Martin brother. No, they weren't on the team Martin yet. Martin brothers weren't on the team yet. They weren't on the team yet. But that's Martin the last time we beat a top Wolf three back Duke. to the other over but, in Nevada. But yeah, Duke has, uh, they have a lot of big men. They only really have three guards who actually play. And then uh, four or five um, big men. So right, Duke, you're going down. You're coming to PNC. Yeah, we're going to give you that diamond full court press. Yeah. Trapping turnovers. The 2-1-2, two, two, the diamond, the three one one. We're going to switch it up. And I'll tell you what, uh, speaking of like defense, I was um, I was. Pleasantly surprised when I wa- finally watched uh, Beverly play versus Tennessee. Like he's a good defender, and I, I was thinking small guard. Like I didn't think he'd be that good, but he's a good defender. He is a very good defender, especially for Bats his playing time. And Bats is also a good defender. So yeah, I think um, I think Lavar Bats is uh, a very energetic player. I think sometimes he's a little too aggressive on the offensive end. So I think mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Keats, like I mean, obviously he's extremely talented, and we're gonna use him this year. But I think Kevin Keats just wants to figure out where he wants him in the offense before he's going to give him value. Kind of what group like of Bev- guys? I think he Beverly knows better. his role, and I think similar to like Markel Johnson last year, I don't think Lavar has a role on the team yet. He's got to find his spot. Exactly. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm saying, especially in the offense. Yeah. Because defense, like, you put him up top with Markel Johnson, and we are oh defensively, really especially yes. uh, in the zone, in the press, anything like that. But yeah, uh, Penn State tonight, ESPNU, if you want to watch it. If not, you go to tune the game. in on 101.5. That's what I do a lot of times. Oh, yeah. It. Gary Hahn, Tony Haynes, they're the best, man. Honestly. They are the greatest. They're our the idols, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- but I, I always love enjoying listening to them. More NC State basketball. Uh, we do have a team in the top 25, and it's not our men's team. They play at Reynolds Coliseum. Our women's basketball team. Oh, that was my guess. That would have been my guess. Yeah. The women's team. <laughs> yeah, the only other basketball team on this campus. Uh, six and one on the season. We started five and zero. Oh. Actually, we started six and zero. Oh. Uh, we beat Alabama over mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving break, uh, sixty-eight to forty-nine. Uh, Akella Mays had twenty. Chelsea Nelson had eighteen. Ashlyn Koenig had seventeen. It seems like we got different players stepping up every single so game. So pretty balanced team. We're yeah. not dependent on one player as much. Like uh, in the weeks before Lucky Rudd, I think she had 23, maybe 25 points in a game. And then, um, you know, she was our highest scorer one game. Akella Mays another day. Chelsea Nelson, probably our most consistent scorer, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. But um, as of right now, I mean, that. by the way, that was the 650th career win for Wes Moore. Nice. Who's in his second year at NC State. Another great hire by Debbie Yao. Another great hire by Debbie Yao. Like, Nothing they're, but. They're everywhere, John. Honestly, yes. But uh, we lost to South Dakota State in the championship game of the Puerto Rico Classic. That ended a six-game win streak. That game was really close. Uh, South Dakota State, only one loss on the season. I mean, it's, it's South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits. Like, yeah, I, I don't feel bad. Like, <laughs> Their mascot is a rabbit. That is super cute. It's really I, interesting. I'm fine with losing to South Dakota State. Goodness knows losing, they don't get enough good the, things the in South Dakota. The Wolves lost to the Rabbits? That doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, it doesn't the, make the sense. rabbit beats the tortoise, man. Like, sometimes but there's we're the upsets. wolf. <laughs> wolf pack. Oh, well. But um, Thursday night. Also, the Big Ten Challenge, yes. uh, playing Rutgers. That's up in New Jersey, so that is not a home game. Uh, that's tomorrow night at 7. That's still hard for me to get used to, Rutgers in the Big Ten. I know, yeah. They always have seemed like a if Big East team. If you had asked me like five, like before the show, I would have told you they were in the Big East. Yeah. I mean, they've always seemed like a, a Big East school. I don't know. why. Were they in the Big East? Yeah, they were in the Big they East. Were, yeah, they, they did switch conferences, just like uh, Pittsburgh and Syracuse left. The Big East is nothing right now. It's yeah. unreal. They Syracuse fits right in with the ACC. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt is just not as... It doesn't mesh as well. Right. But moving on. But yeah, our women's team uh, trying to improve to 7-1. and one. Big Ten Challenge tomorrow night. Rutgers, you should pay attention. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> them on, on Twitter as well. Twitter's a great resource to keep up with all Twitter our sports. Twitter is where I get all my news. Uh, every single bit. Every single one. <laughs> all right, so moving on. The NFL. The Panthers had a, quote, trap game unquote, versus the Jets. A lot of people expected a big win. I did not. I know the Panthers are kind of like NC State. They don't put bad teams away as Party much as they Cats. should. Yeah, yeah. so we beat the Jets 35-27 despite the offense's ineptitude and Cam playing with 
what I found out during the game was an injured thumb. So great job of like people talking about this during the year. I'm I'm one of Cam Newton's biggest fans, but it just seems like every time he's having a bad game, we finally hear about some injury that he had. Like, yeah. Why didn't we know about this injury going into the game? I don't know, honestly. I think uh, coaching staff does a good job of keeping things discreet. That's like the Patriots. Yes. <laughs> but not in that way. Did Tom Brady have a discu- uh, concussion? Nobody knows. Not, not in that way. But uh, Cam was wearing two gloves in practice today. Um, some notable things from today, uh, Devin Funches, Christian McCaffrey, Thomas Davis, and Greg Olson all sat out today. That's a rest day, for right? For most drills. Uh, Fon- uh, McCaffrey actually has a sore shoulder. Oh. Uh, Funches has a sore toe no. on the same toe that he broke in college. Yeah, I read that. Um, Olsen, obviously, fine, with his foot injury. I think that's just a little scar tissue breakdown. No, I think he's um, going to be he fine. He saw a specialist in Charlotte, and I read earlier that, yeah, he's expected to play and be a full go for the game on Sunday versus the Saints. How do, you, how do you think we're going to do in that game? Ah, well, that kind of, we'll talk about it a bit later, but we are going to win that football game, John, because I think so. football, that's why. All we're right. a team of destiny, that's John. Some, that's some great analysis there. Uh, the, but. Hey, look, if you need great analysis about <laughs> destiny, like, I'm your man right here. Now, I do think we match up. The Saints, like, completely took us by surprise. They were 0-2 coming into that game versus us for his week three. The defense was historically bad, as it has been for ever since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Marcus Lattimore, bench cornerback, someone was injured. He comes in. He's playing great. The defense is playing great. A.J. Klein, former Luke Keekley protege, yeah. is part of the reason I think that... And look-alike and like stunt double, if you will. How many times people are like, Luke? <laughs> yeah, no, the, it's you, not. You get the Luke chance when A.J. Klein's making a tackle and people are like, he's got tattoos. Yeah, There's probably like, New Orleans fans down there that think it's Luke Keekley. But they the, wish it was Luke Keekley. <laughs> everyone does. Luke Keekley's just the greatest of all time. He won NC, NFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. Of course he did. Yeah. He saved that game for us. He really did. Scoop and score. So did Kalen Clay, by the way, with that punt return for a touchdown. Spin move. And Graham Gano. Yeah. Missed an extra point, but still had a great game regardless. I was fine on the missed extra point because it didn't cost us, and we also went for it two so much. It almost cost us. I know, but I love going for two. Going like, for two is a I don't lot like of fun. kickers. I Very hate extra exciting. points. Like I would go for two every <laughs> single time. So I love it. It's great. Let's move on to picks. And I'm kind of excited about this week because I actually have a chance to overtake you. Um, oh, no. We did our picks no. before the Thanksgiving break. No. And then me and Ben communicated with each other on our picks over Thanksgiving break, which we didn't get to Magic, air. Man. Magic. But Ben is sixteen and eight on the season. I'm fifteen and nine. One I'm game still ahead, behind. So I have not Lost all of my swagger, but but you've lost all the momentum. And that's what's yeah. really. I was <laughs> I was three and three, went eight and zero. Oh. Now I've been three and five the last four weeks, uh, with an zero oh and two week spread in there. So, what are your picks that are, have to be wrong? Please be wrong. But what is your uh, upset of the week? I like the Seahawks over the Eagles. Good, good. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you, John. <laughs> it's a game in Seattle. I mean, honestly, I think Russell's playing better than any Sunday other quarterback football. right now, except maybe Carson Wentz. Sunday night football. I mean, you mean Prince Harry? Yeah, Prince Harry. The I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. That's Neither all I'm going to say. I've never seen them in the same place at the same time. But, so the Seahawks will beat the Eagles. I think so, yeah. Well, good, good job thinking that. Thank what, you. For, what's your upset pick? Well, of course, kind of I have the Panthers beating the Saints. There, I looked at the schedule. There's so many ugly games this week. Just as my mom would say, ugly, ugly, ugly. And she <laughs> say it all the time. But that is, Panthers are going to win. I think our defense is playing really, really well. I think if Cam Newton is healthy, I think our offense is going to be able to take control, uh, like control the game, running the ball. I just, I think New Orleans got us by surprise. We weren't expecting a lot. Now we're expecting it. I think we'll be really good. I feel like we play better in the Superdome against the Saints than we do at home. And that, that seems weird. It does but seem weird, yeah. It always seems like we get in high-scoring Maybe it's games. Indoor. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it's like, not going to be a high-scoring Well, we game. usually play Atlanta better at home. The Rams defense held New Orleans in check, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I did you know, not think that would be uh, New Orleans not scoring a lot. The best thing that happened for New Orleans was Kamara's 74-yard touchdown run. He also had a receiving touchdown Kamara's going to get Rookie of the Year. I, there's no question about it. Kareem yeah, Hunt's really falling good. off. McCaffrey's not scoring enough. Uh, Leonard Fournette, yeah. I think McCaffrey's better. Oh, like I think McCaffrey's really, really good. But lock of the week, the game you absolutely guarantee. Chargers over the Browns. Two teams trending in we opposite need, directions. We need to make some rule against like not picking the Browns in our lock. I'm like, picking the Chargers. I'm not picking the Browns. Yeah, but you're picking against the Browns, which is like... 
undefeated this year. I would pick the Chargers over any team in the AFC this yeah, week. Yeah, because they were 0-4, and, and last team to make the playoffs at 0-4 was the 92 Chargers. Yeah, and you said that early in the year. Know, you I'm said don't give up on this Chargers it. team. Bill Rivers, man. Yeah. But How about your lock, lock? Rams over the Cardinals. because Fair enough. That's I don't I don't have a reason. The Rams are a good team, and the Cardinals aren't going to beat them. That's, yeah. That's my logic, guys. Blaine, Blaine Gabbert got his revenge last week against but the Jaguars. But since we have microphones, we're experts <laughs> on fantasy football. Oh, so, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Heck yeah. You guys better do what we recommend. So yeah. who's your stardom of the week? Um, I'm going to say Josh Gordon coming off of a lengthy suspension uh, Long for time. the Browns. Yeah, uh, Hugh Jackson said he's going to play as much as he can. Honestly, that might be the only one that people listening are going, wait. He's going to start? Exactly. He's I I'm going to go start him. I think he's going for 300 yards. He's going to break Julio's record. Or not Julio's record. He's going to break the record for the receiving yards season? in a game. Well, okay, which yeah. is like 363. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to get 400 yards. From Deshaun Kaiser? Yes. Alrighty. And Kevin Hogan. <laughs> I, I like it. I <laughs> no, I'm, like just, it. I'm just messing. How about your lock? Well, or No, I'm sorry. Start, start of the week, You need to start uh, Derek Carr versus the Giants. Speaking of starting quarterbacks in the Giants. Geno Smith. You should start Geno Smith. I'm mm, just kidding. Poor Eli. My sit of the week is sick Geno Smith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, who's your uh, Benjamin of the week? Uh, well, besides Eli Manning, uh, <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Because Kareem Hunt has been falling off. And I mean, I was in love with him at the start. I know. He got me so. I, know. I had him in three different. I still have him in three different leagues. But uh, I should have traded him, honestly. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. But I mean, I think he's going to. I think I think he'll bounce back. Not this week. Though. Not this week. Well, I'm yep. going to tell you, you need to sit Devontae Freeman for the Falcons against the Seahawks over there. In, well, not they're against not against Seahawks. You need to sit Devontae Freeman. Whoever the Falcons are playing, don't play Devontae Freeman. <laughs> so moving on, that's our fantasy. I'm going to finally get right back ahead in the uh, in the ranking. So really quick, All right. what's what's up with the Hornets this year? Really quick, Hornets eight and eleven right now. Dwight uh, Howard's probably our best player. Uh, I know, surprising. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, I love Kimball Walker. He actually has a, a shoulder bruise contusion tonight, and he will not be playing against the Raptors. But losing record on the season, we've lost two close games to the Cavaliers recently, one at home and one away. Should have won both um, of those games. Should have won both of those games, honestly. Yeah. That's, that's all I got, though. That's all the time we have. Yep. All right. That has been Packers Live Sports Show. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm John Hinton. This is on 88.1 WKNC. Tune in next week.